I was very surprised to find out um, about this spiritual dimension of modern art, honestly, because I had always thought that modern art was really about the material um, properties of painting, that it was about the facticity of the paint and the flatness of the canvas and so on and so forth. And this was really at odds with this idea that there could be um, this sort of very rich spiritual content as well. That was art historian Lucy Kent on the influence of Christian science in the lives and work of three major British artists of the 20th century, Winifred Nicholson, Ben Nicholson, and Barbara Hepworth. Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, a podcast from the Mary Baker Eddy Library in Boston and online at mbelibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Library. We are a research institution dedicated to the life, achievements, and writings of Mary Baker Eddy and their ongoing impact. In this episode of Seekers and Scholars, we're going to revisit Lucy Kent's comments on spirituality and British modern art from a 2015 webcast on Christian science in 20th century Britain. Kent has broken new ground in understanding the role of religion in modern art. Her essay, An Act of Praise, Religion and the Work of Barbara Hepworth, was featured in the Tate Britain Gallery catalog for its retrospective exhibit, Barbara Hepworth, Sculpture for a Modern World. Kent's article, Immortal Mind, Christian Science and Ben Nicholson's Work of the 1930s, appeared in the July 2015 issue of the Burlington Magazine. I'm here with colleague Tad Blake Weber. Tad, before we hear more from Lucy Kent, I'd love to get your initial thoughts on what Lucy shared in our earlier interview with her. Well, one of the things that I found really powerful, especially about that clip we just heard, was the way that she made that connection to the modern art and the two-dimensionality of it, as well as how spirituality was having an influence on the content, that there was a depth to it, a real richness. And her, her authority on this was just so clear. She just had a real wonderful understanding of both art and Christian science and how they came together. It was really powerful. Well, I first became interested in this topic when I was pursuing a master's in British modern art. And I was reading a lot about Ben Nicholson, Barbara Hepworth, and Winifred Nicholson as part of the coursework because they were three of the leading British modern artists. And they were also extremely instrumental in forging meaningful relationships with many of the leading members of the avant-garde working in Paris during the interwar period. Um, so people like Piet Bondrian, Jean Helion, and the Russian constructivist Naum Gabo. And... They're often written about in relation to one another because they had a significant impact on each other's lives and work. Ben Nicholson was originally married to Winifred Nicholson, and they lived and worked very closely together throughout the 1920s. And then in the early 1930s, he met the sculptor Barbara Hepworth, and they began a very intense relationship that lasted until the early 1950s, and they were working together very closely for much of that time as well. And I kept coming across the fact that they shared an interest in Christian science. And I honestly didn't know the first thing about Christian science. So I got a copy of Science and Health and I started to look into it. And I was immediately struck by the fact that Christian science is really such an absolute philosophy. It really seems like a way of life. And 
it seemed to me like it would be something that would be difficult to compartmentalize. And so it seemed logical that it would have had an impact on their general worldview and by logical extension, their work. And this suspicion was um, confirmed really when I went to the Tate archive and I was overwhelmed by the enormous quantity of archival material there was there um, that really attested to the fact that this was not something that these artists were flirting with or dabbling in. This was really an integral part of their lives that was very meaning meaningful to them, particularly during the 1930s, where they make something of a conceptual leap in their work towards more of an abstract idiom um, that they continue to expand upon for the rest of their careers. So, Tad, that was a, a part of Lucy's comments that really stood out to me as uh, reflective of how she was really getting into an understanding of how Christian science functions in people's lives, just generally speaking, and then applying it to how it would have this impact on the careers of these artists. Christian science is something that is engaged with on a daily basis as people read from the Bible and science and health um, on different topics. And I was just very pleased to see how that had come out in the archives at the Tate that, uh, that Lucy was exploring. I began thinking about how these artists who were engaged in the process of creating material objects on a daily basis could reconcile this practice with their belief that matter is an illusion to be transcended. And this was really the jumping off point for my study. And in my master's thesis and my recent publications, I really try to take a very direct approach by looking very closely at what these artists were saying about Christian science in their letters to one another and what notes they were taking from science and health and then trying to understand how these concepts relate to the work that they are making contemporaneously. And of course, visual analysis is always going to be subject to debate. Um, but what, what cannot be debated is the fact that these artists made frequent and explicit claims for the spiritual dimension of their work. And I really feel that the art historian has a responsibility to listen to these claims and to try and understand what religion meant to each of them um, and how that information can inform our understanding of what they were trying to convey. And during my research, I began to get the sense that Christian science was not only important to them on a personal level as a means of healing and resolving specific issues, but it really seems to have compounded their conviction that art could act as a form of mental liberation that caused people to question um, the material basis of existence and that it could affect social change and influence public health and harmony. Another thing that I really appreciated about Lucy's research was how she understood the importance, the centrality of healing in Christian science, and then extrapolated from that, from what she was discovering in the archives at the Tate and through other resources, um, how these artists were trying to communicate that message of healing, that vision of, uh, of spiritual healing and its possibility and applicability in human life in their art. In terms of their respective approaches to the faith, um, it seems that Winifred took the most conventional approach to Christian science in that she um, was an active participant in the Christian science community and she attended church meetings regularly um, over a long period of time. 
Ben and Barbara were not official members of the church, but it's very clear that they studied science and health um, and other writings of Eddie's extremely closely and were taking very careful notes from these texts. Um, and they were also extremely close to Susan Foxton Ferguson, who was their Christian science practitioner. And they consulted her regularly from the early 1930s until her death in the 1960s. And they both continued to seek Christian science help from other practitioners after that. And in later life, it seems that Ben became less interested in the biblical aspect of Christian science and more interested in the metaphysical concepts. And Barbara, during the 1940s, really took on a wide range of interests, um, from Zen Buddhism to Jungian psychology. Um, and after separating from Ben in the early 1950s and the death of her son, Paul, around the same time, she also renewed ties with the Anglican Church. But she, it's clear that she continued to read Christian science literature um, and to consult Christian science practitioners alongside conventional medicine. Um, and I think that the themes central to the faith, this idea of the affirmation of life and pointing to the continuity of life in the face of material circumstances, remained very central to her work um, until the end. So Lucy has primarily been writing about the influence of Christian science on these artists, these particular artists, uh, Winifred Nicholson, Ben Nicholson, and Barbara Hepworth. But another thing that came out, Tad, in the webcast was that that was not exclusively where Christian science was having an impact on British modern art, that it extended to other artists as well. And I, that was fascinating to learn about. Yeah, it's cool to see how it, it extends beyond. It's not just these three. It, it really had a, an impact on the art world in uh, maybe a more far-reaching way than we even realized. First of all, I was very surprised to find that there were several other um, modern artists who were interested in Christian science. And perhaps the most surprising was the discovery that Paul Nash, who worked very closely with Nicholson and Hepworth um, and, and founded the, the group Unit One, um, was actually consulting Susan Foxton Ferguson as well for a long period of time. And we know this from her granddaughter, who she was very close to, who recalls these long phone conversations um, between Nash and, and Ferguson. Um, and the other interesting discovery was that Stanley Spencer um, wrote in a letter to his wife, Hilda Carline, who is a painter and a Christian scientist, that Christian science thought was really the primary impetus for his paintings, his memorial paintings after the First World War. So his famous Santa Memorial Chapel and his painting of the Resurrection were very directly linked to what he learned of Christian science through her. Tad, I think it was really meaningful how much Lucy embraced in this topic I'm not sure she realized what she was getting into. She said she was surprised to discover about the spiritual dimension of modern art because it really speaks to a much, much larger question of how spirituality functions in what many people would consider a largely secular society uh, in Britain during this period and perhaps even more so in the 21st century. So she's grappling with something of significant magnitude. So I think it's a, it's a webcast that really has a lot of depth and uh, signals something that um, 
just in a very broad context, uh, people in um, modern societies, uh, what they're dealing with. Definitely. And I, I, I'd like to invite you, the listener, to go and check out that webcast on marybakereddylibrary.org slash modernart, where you can really hear the full depth of all of Lucy's thoughts. Yeah. And in addition to Lucy's thoughts, there's another guest speaker in the webcast, Robin Harrigan, who's talking about the influence of Christian science on three of Britain's most significant female politicians during the 20th century. So we get to see uh, Christian science influence in that context as well, to kind of fill in that larger picture of the influence of spirituality in, uh, in modern British society. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Mary Baker Library. On behalf of my colleague, Tad Blake Weber, thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. Please tune in to our next podcast when we'll explore stories on women trailblazers found in the Mary Baker Library archives. This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2017.